Welcome everyone to the Kidlet Club. I am children's author extraordinaire Adrian Beck and I am very excited to uh, be bringing you this show along with a lot of my Kidlet friends this evening which is uh, which is what we do every Wednesday evening at this time so it's very exciting to be with you and this show is going to be one of the best of the 2020 season. There's no doubt about it. We've got Lisa Lambert who is our bookstore uh, correspondent, and she's got some exciting updates to share with us about school holiday program, which has been going through the roof. Of course, how did I skip over Sally? Sally Rippon is the co-host of this show, and she'll be here shortly with some uh, amazing uh, updates on what she's been up to in lockdown as well, which are pretty cool. Um, the Good Books is going to feature, now that's what our favourite segment, it's about people doing good things in the world of books. It's going to feature Michelle Nye, who's the president of Yabba no less. We go for the big guns here on this show. And we're going to finish the show with our very, very special guest, Renee Tremel, author, illustrator, uh, superstar. So we can't wait to get into it. Let's get started. Welcome to the Kidlit Club with Sally Rippon and Adrian Beck. Yes, this is the Kidlit Club. And as I said, the co-host of this wonderful show is Sally Rippon herself. How are you going, Sal? I'm really good. I feel like I've kind of come up the crest of that wave again and I'm um, I'm deep in my writing and there's some been some really lovely things that happened just over the last week. I was contacted by someone who works for the Edmund Rice Foundation, which is an international oh, yeah. organisation, and um, they are doing holiday programs for kids in lockdown and so they've teamed me up with some of the kids in the North Melbourne and Flemington Housing Commission flats to do some Spoonville stories. So we're going to come up with some stories. They're going to make the Spoonville characters and we're going to film them, edit them all up and make a little Spoonville movie. So cool. Oh, that is <laughs> yeah. a great idea, little Spoonville stories. You see them popping yeah. up everywhere. I went for a walk with my daughters this afternoon past our school and in the in the wire fence on the school, all the uh, families have stuck their spoons. So it's all full of spoons and it's such a... It's such a nice thing to spot when you're on our, you know, one hour, two hour exercise walks. Um, so that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. How exciting. Uh, okay, Sal. Well, you're clearly very busy. So um, we we won't, you know, we won't uh, dilly dally this evening. We need to get you back to your storytelling with the spoon bills. Um, so let's introduce uh, our bookshop correspondent, uh, the third member of this merry team. Her name is none other than Lisa Lambert. Lisa, how are you going? Hello, Sally. I'm so well because it's the school holidays. Yay! <laughs> everybody. We've had a fantastic beginning as well. Gavin Ong Tan, um, the creator of the Super Sidekicks, taught us all how to cartoon. And we had this epic session yesterday with um, this madcap author who just knows no limits and can be like kind of sucked in to anything really gullible. Oh, sorry, Adrian, it's you. <laughs> we did have some good fun in our, in our school holiday uh, workshop yesterday. Um, yeah, we, had, we actually, we had a lot of fun. Well, you guys seem to have a lot of fun. We I was on the spot a couple of times. Couldn't believe you took the bait again. What happened with the garlic milkshakes? I know. We gave it a I don't know why I keep signing up to these things, but I do. Um, yeah. So, uh, no one else is going to. Right? <laughs> footage I can share. Oh, yes. Do you want to be, is the footage you're sharing uh, this footage? Um, 
when I got a few questions wrong in the uh, footy quiz. And I can't really see the screen because my eyes are watering too much. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm on feeding chilies. Yeah. Oh. oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well done. That is guys. Yeah, that was um that that sort of I I couldn't taste anything. I I don't know if I can taste anything now. My taste buds were just like burnt off my tongue. Watering and still, you were determined. You just thought that you could get in first before the kids on chat. <laughs> you can't get in ahead of kids on Zoom. No way. No, no way. How's it going <laughs> these days, Adrian? Since you've been doing all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I, look. I don't know why I agreed to do all this stuff. Uh, I'm not going to agree to do another. Uh, workshop with Lisa. Well, in fact, I made that decision after I ate those chilies. I thought, I'm never going to do this again. But then Lisa and Nicole Hayes, my co-author, they helped me they helped me exercise a demon from my past, wouldn't you say, Lisa? I would say that. You were very reluctant to recreate a traumatic incident, but um, the kids, Nicole and I, we were all with you. We were chanting, go for goal, go for goal, go for goal, very emphatically. <laughs> Almost wrecked Zoom. And then we got you over the line. You had your family with you and you relocated. You moved from your home, got in the car, the, the girls in the safety seats, and made it to the local Oval all in about three minutes, I might add. And um, you have the footage? I, I do. I do. Like I missed a goal. I missed a pivotal goal in grade nine and that's where my footy career ended. And uh, the kids and Lisa and Nicole urged me to recreate that moment to see if I could uh, better it. Uh, let's have a look at what happened. He's celebrating. We've lost his camera. <laughs> Yay! Oh, yeah! <laughs> uh, yes, I did get rather excited after I actually managed to finally kick a goal after all these years, Lisa. And on writer's block. <laughs> yep. Yep. Amazing. Right. Is that right. live via Zoom? Yes. <laughs> it was good fun. But that was just one of many. You've got so many. You've got so many awesome uh, school holiday workshops just to give these kids that, are, you know, they are only allowed out of the house for a small amount of time each day. So this is a terrific bookish way for them to have a little bit of fun and learn about some of their favourite authors. In fact, I've got a little... Uh, a little uh, graphic here of all the all the fantastic creators that you've got involved this week and next week, Lisa. 
Yeah, that's right. Um, this morning we um, listened to Thomas Mayer explain um, Finding Our Heart, which is a children's book about the Uluru Statement from the Heart, which was incredible to have him zoom in from Darwin. And tomorrow Ingrid Laguna is running a writing workshop for creative kids from about the age of 8 to 12. And she has a real focus on um, books as a way to further empathy in our lives. So that's very exciting. And then on Monday, we've got Zana Freylong coming in for zooming in from Eltham for a writer's workshop with slightly older um, kids so we're looking at a 10 11 year old audience plus then Lucinda Gifford's um, extreme illustration workshop she's going into technical stuff like cross yes. shading with yep. um, young illustrators and on Wednesday, Ailsa Wild is running a, another letter writing workshop. After the bushfires, um, she came into the shop in real life <laughs> to help uh, write letters to, to fireys and people who were affected by the bushfire emergency. Now she's going to guide us through writing letters to people we love that we haven't seen for a while. And then on Thursday, mm, yeah, I th uh, yeah. It's just so important. And some of us need a little bit of help getting motivated to do those good things. So that it's about making the time for it. Yeah. And um, Andrew McDonald and Ben Wood are zooming in for a real pigeons extravaganza on Thursday. So all of these sessions happen at 11. And on Fridays, we run story time sessions. So on Friday, we're having our first story time reunion because we haven't run a live story time since March. And Tony Wilson, another local legend, is going okay. to come in from his lounge room and read his yeah. new book. And the Friday after, we're having a future feminist story time like we used to on the first Friday of every month. Fantastic. Amazing. Well, that's terrific. You've done right. you've yeah. As you said last week, you're you're holding a little um, writers' festival uh, across two weeks across the school holidays. So it's been great fun, and and uh, we actually people are watching this wondering why on earth I kicked a football um, during a writers' uh, presentation. But it, our book is all about footy, so there is that link that I could have made a lot earlier than I have. But I um, apologies. <laughs> that's totally fine. <laughs> so, yeah, as we said, get involved in those. Uh, if anyone right around the country can get it, right around the world can get involved in that. Yeah, um, to your website. We have had people zoom in from Albury, from WA, and that's that's something special and different that we can take away from this um, time. Absolutely. That's really and also, I think this time last year we were getting ready for the extraordinary Kids Book Festival that you put on as well. So this is, I guess, in a way compensates for not being able to do that this year. Hopefully next year. We will we will have news about um, a project that we're working with Yarra Libraries on very shortly. It's to do with illustration and there's a podcast and a film clip and just, just we're onto it. Fantastic. We knew you would be. If anyone's going to be on to it, it will be Lisa Lambert and her team at the Little Book Room, that's for sure. Okay, now speaking of how much we love bookshops, and that's this is a really good example of the, the amazing things they do for the community, um, Love Your Bookshop Day is coming up on October 3rd, Saturday, October 3rd, and it's one of my favourite days of the year. I also like Christmas. I like my birthday. But I do like Love Your Bookshop Day as well. So we're very excited for that to be coming up uh, in a week and a half's time. But 
not only is it just exciting in itself, but it's exciting because we are going to play a huge part in it. So this is our last Wednesday night show of the little, of, uh, I was going to say little book room. Of, <laughs> I've got little book room on the brain. This is our last Wednesday night Kidlit Club uh, of this season. We, uh, we're going to time out by the end of restrictions, we hope if everything goes to plan. Um, but we're not going to be on Wednesday night next week. We're going to be on the Saturday morning because we are doing a Love Your Bookshop Day extravaganza. Okay, So you've got to be a part of this. Let me tell you a little bit about it. So 11 a.m., we're taking over the Love Your Bookshop Day uh, socials, as the kids say. We're taking over their socials, and we're on our socials as well. So um, you can still find us, but it'll be 11 a.m. Saturday, October 3rd, we're going to be live for a national celebration of bookshops. Now, what I mean by that is we have got some huge kid-lit names stationed right around the country. Uh, they're going to be reporting live from their favourite bookshops. They're going to be giving us a little bit of an explanation of what's happening on the day. Uh, and those that are open to the public and are doing things with, the, um, with customers They'll be explaining what some of the, the fun activities are that uh, these people have planned, the booksellers have planned. But um, those that aren't, we're just enjoying them and celebrating them and following them on social media and ordering online and all those good things we can do to help out. So here are some of the names that I'm just going to throw at you that we will have in this uh, in this very special Kid Lit Club episode on Love Your Bookshop Day. We've got Nat Amor. We've got Mick Elliott. We've got Remy Lai. We've got Adam Cece, we've got James Foley, we've got Leon Tanner, we've got Oliver Pomavan, and we've got a special appearance by Josh Pike as well. So we've got a whole bunch of big, big kid-lit authors that are getting involved in this uh, Love Your Bookshop Day. We're going to cross, well, sort of like the uh, the weather crosses on like your morning uh, breakfast shows, we're going to cross to them. We're going to find them doing something silly and then we're going to cut away from them. <laughs> so that's our plan. But also the mega story time, Josh Pike is going to be uh, kicking us off with that with a book called A Banana is a Banana, which uh, I can see you've got there in your hands, uh, Lisa. You're ready to go with that. So there's going to be a mega story time. So the kids, kids are most welcome to watch as well. Uh, and have a look at uh, the mega story time. But also we are going to be asking why you love your bookshop. So we want everyone to get involved that might be watching, especially those that perhaps can't get out to their bookshops, but they might be able to leave us a message that, that we, can, uh, we can read out in between our many crosses to people uh, to find out just why everyone out there loves their bookshops as much as we do. So we need you all to come and join us Saturday, October 3rd, for Love Your Bookshop Day, 11 a.m. on our socials where you normally find us, but also on the Love Your Book Day, Love Your Bookshop Day socials as well. It's going to be a lot of fun, isn't it, Lisa and Sal? It sure is. And Adrian, can I just take this um, opportunity to say thank you for driving this incredible project? We didn't quite know what to do to celebrate Love Your Bookshop Day. And this is a way for me as a bookseller to get in touch with my colleagues interstate and it's a way. <laughs> For us to be able to thank our incredible community for um, keeping us going through these trying times and you've made this project come alive and for that we're in your debt, Adrian. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you, Lisa. Um, well, look, that's I'm good. just happy that we can do something. Well, for, that's right. Uh, I think, honestly, we get, to, 
we get to thank the bookshops as well because the bookshops yeah. are really what have kept this community going. They're really the ones that are behind um, making sure that the authors who have books being released, say, for example, in Melbourne during lockdown are being seen, they're still keeping the community alive. So I think it's more for the public that should be thanking you guys. So, yes, it's a really great opportunity for everyone around Australia to say how much they love their bookstore. Yeah, we can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we do, we love our bookshops. And, uh, yeah, they are the beating heart of any community. So we are thrilled to be able to unite everyone across the country in this special way. 11 o'clock on Love Your Bookshop Day. So make sure you join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I'm so excited about that. So so we're not on next Wednesday night. We're on Saturday morning, okay? So we've got a little bit of extra time to prepare. So I'll have some brilliant gags by the time we go uh, we go live on the Saturday morning. Don't worry about that. They won't be half-baked like they normally are. <laughs> oh, yeah, the little book room, which is really exciting to share um, our shelves with everyone. Yes, Lisa's beaming in from uh, the workplace for the first time in a long time, which will be very exciting. Okay, so make sure you join us. We can't wait to, we, we'll give you another reminder about that towards the end of, of this live stream. Now, if you've just joined us, of course, you're watching the Kidlit Club and you've come at just the right time because one of our favourite segments on the Kidlit Club is all about saluting those in the world of books that are using their powers for good and not evil. <laughs> not that many people <laughs> use them for evil, but in this case, particularly those that are using it for good. And this is a segment that we call The Good Books. Yes, and joining us for The Good Books is one of my favourite people. Uh, she is a teacher librarian to the stars. She's done it all and she's been involved in the CBCA, CBCA along the journey as well. But not only that, these days she is the grand poobah behind Yabba. She is the president. You don't mess with the president. This is Michelle Nye from Yabba. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. Hello, how are you all? It's awesome to be here. So great to see you. Welcome to the awesome Kidlet Club. Hey, Michelle, we do this terrific segment. We want to tell you a little bit about, we want to talk a little bit about Yabba in general. Um, but uh, for those that uh, may not even be sure what Yabba is, perhaps you could start, if you wouldn't mind explaining that for us. Yeah, Yabba stands for the Young Australian Best Book Awards, and it is a children's choice. Um, competition. Is that voting? Yep. Yeah. We read books. We nominate books at the beginning of the year. Then we rate them and then we reward them. And those are mm -hmm. the most important things because at the end of the year, we get to have an award ceremony, albeit this year, it will be a virtual award ceremony on the 17th of, uh, sorry, 27th of October. But voting is open. You can vote for oh, yeah. your, any kid in Australia can vote for their best book. Um, and it is open until the 16th of October. And there are some amazing books on there, Adrian. And I'm just so grateful that you have accepted the challenge to be our virtual author program MC <laughs> and video um, editor. And we've had a ball this year so far having amazing sessions with amazing illustrators and authors. I think one of the highlights for me would have been Sorry Day with Coral Bast and Dub Lefner, and that was an amazing session, really, really special, and that's on any time for viewing now while we're in COVID lockdown. And another really, really special 
um, session would have just been last week with George Ivanov. I can't wait to see what you do with that video that um, will hopefully come on to our website, gabba.org.au, very soon in um, term four. So yes. watch the space. Yes. No pressure, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is with, with George, um, he gives you a lot of material to work with, so I don't think it'll be a problem. He's a, he's a very, very funny very funny fellow, very smart fellow and very funny yeah. fellow. So it was great to catch up with him towards the end of last term. And there's another couple of uh, virtual author um, uh, sessions that are already planned. I know we've got Rebecca Johnson coming up, which is very exciting. But not only do we have Rebecca Johnson, who's part of the original plan, this is why we've got you on for the good book segment, because uh, we can announce, Michelle, that as of yeah. tomorrow, we're starting recording. What are we recording yeah. tomorrow? You better remind me. We are recording some Yabba Mega VIP VAPS. VAPS stands for Virtual Author Program. And we are going to be videoing Tim Harris, Felice Arena and Amy Kaufman tomorrow, Adrian. Yep. And uh, this is going to go on to ClickView anytime viewing uh, while we're in lockdown. We've got a channel on ClickView now. And we are looking forward to populating this channel. And it's going to be super exciting. And we just look forward to being able to um, give kids in Metro an opportunity now to engage in books that have been shortlisted. And uh, some of them might not have been able to read these titles because we can't get to libraries at the moment and some um, school libraries are closed, things like that. So now through the Yabba Mega Vaps, we can actually access the shortlisted books and get a taste of what they're like and still be able to engage in the voting process with authenticity and know that integrity-wise, we are still engaging with the books and the ideas behind the books. And we look forward to being able to participate in this. And thanks again, Adrian, for taking part and supporting Yabba in this program. Oh, no, absolute pleasure. Um, so term four is going to look good for all those kids that may not have had the chance to see any author visits for various wild and crazy reasons. But thanks to uh, Yabba and the Department of Education and, Tra and Training, we've got this amazing 10 extra uh, sessions featuring, Excellent. they're all featuring creators of Yabba nominated books. So all, we know that they're all from uh, creators that create popular books with these kids. So they're people that the kids want to see, hear from and, and, and meet. And they'll all be uploaded. All the details are yabba.org.au. Uh, so we're starting recording tomorrow, as Michelle said, which is very exciting, and and they'll be sort of drip fed throughout term four, which is which is really cool. And yeah. I noticed this is this is a new logo on on this picture here, Michelle. It is. This, oh, it is. is and I've got the original here. Yay! Oh, wow. Yes, wow. Lee Hobbs, um, special limited edition that has been made for Yabba in partnership with the Department of Education. And so all of our logos are on here and this is special work. And I, and Adrian, you were there when we, we went to um, do one of the VAP sessions at Lee Hobbs's home in his studio. And we know that he has an amazing book coming out. Uh, yeah, yeah, during COVID, he's been creating prolifically. So we're looking forward to his new book. I oh, know, am I allowed to say that? I don't know if you are. I'm just wondering how far you're gonna go with this. <laughs> there now he's creating we don't know where it's going to go it's going to be amazing yeah. and um, it was it, the whole process of the yabbers is a really special process because um cbca as you know is 
judged by adults for uh, with a prize, a very large prize money as well. And it's um, a great, um, amazing award over a long time. And um, Yabba is got, coming up for their, um, are we 35 years, I think it is this year, is our 35th um, anniversary. And Yabba is children's choice. And I think that's really important because it's voice from the children and it's based, the nomination process comes from borrowing um, schools that are members and all of the Department of Education schools are members this year. And the whole way that, a that we get our nomination list, our shortlist, comes from schools and their borrowing statistics. So I think that really says a lot. If the schools can participate and bring us that information, we collate it. And that's how we come up with our shortlist. I mean, like this shortlist we've got for the picture story category. It's just amazing. And you think that kids have chosen this. And I mean, I know Aaron Blady has been a uh, consistently high profile um, shortlisted person on there, but so too has Too Many Cheeky Dogs for quite quite a number of years now through the Real Awards, which is um, Victoria, New South Wales and um, Northern Territory. So there's some really um, special books on here that have got really great messages and there's just an amazing plethora of <laughs> terrific Australian creators and that's what Yabba's about kids appreciating and loving Australian authors and illustrators someone that uh, they will be able to appreciate is the wonderful Sally Rippon who is also yes. going to be doing a very special uh, virtual author session with us for term four she's obviously been nominated many many times uh, and yes. this year as well so we're very excited to have you on board for this very special mega VIP session, Sally. It's really exciting. And I think there is, I would say all authors and illustrators feel particularly thrilled when they get shortlisted for a Yabba Award, just for all the reasons that you say, Michelle, is that it, it is for a start that they're nominated because they've been borrowed so many times from a library, which is wonderful because it also means that, you know, these books are getting into the hands of so many kids. But also, I guess, all of us are really wanting to write for children yes. as opposed to the adults who buy the books for children. So to know that that what you're writing is actually um, uh, hitting hitting your target in the way that you want is always really, really rewarding. So yeah, my, yeah, I mean, yeah, it really is special. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I love what Andy always said. Um, Andy was our in conversation <laughs> VIP back in March, our, one of our last actual live face to face event, and Andy just um, said about the importance of the fact that children get to choose, and mm. it doesn't matter that he hasn't won other awards. That the fact that he's won so many yabbers means that his voice is and his worth is there through the voice of children, that they're reading his works. And I think more than ever at the moment, um, kids just want something to read that is fun and is relatable and just warming your heart, especially down here in Melbourne at the moment where you can just go, like, that's why I'm rereading your book, Sally. <laughs> um, so important just to read and to read what you want to read. And I think children's choice is so important, but so is um, the voice of a teacher librarian. You need to be able to listen to your clientele, know what your children want and uh, want and like, and where to uh, help them find the next step in their journey in reading. 
And that's just so important to have the right person. Like Lisa, you're doing the same thing in, in the bookshop. I mean, it's about having that conversation. And I think Morris Gleitzman's Children's um, Laureate last year said to me at the uh, final um, hurrah that we had for him last year, was a surreal moment for me because he was there talking about the fact that it's so important to have that conversation. When you've read a book, all you want to do is talk to someone about what you've read so that you can relate to the things and the emotions and the feelings and the quotes and the things that you really felt about that book, the feels. And you get to then have that connection with someone else who's had those same feels as you. And I think that's the... That's the gold in reading mm. and that's why you run clubs too isn't it lisa so that people can get together who read the same book and talk about it i mean that's why i'm in a book club <laughs> yeah that's right it's very bonding it, mm. it really and it brings the thing i love about our book clubs is that kids from different schools have have made friendships over over books that they've loved and read and that's my experience as an adult as well hey mm. Well, congratulations on bringing all of these ducks into a row, getting the DHHS on board, um, involving so many schools, headhunting Adrian. Um, you've really, it, it's really administratively incredibly impressive and is going to be just even have more impact than ever before. And I oh, can you. Yeah, I think I've got, um, there's been, a very amazing group of people behind Yabba from the past. You've got, you know, David Linky and Graham Davey and, um, you know, the, the people that have come before me are very important people in that whole field of acknowledging that there was a gap in the fact that children need to have choice and that whole, and, and we're in that part of life now too where we are talking about empowering kids and student agency and student voice is more important than anything before. So I just feel very privileged to be in this um, position and I really just thank the previous people in Yabba, especially David and Graham, um, who, are, who I have met and, and worked with um, along the journey. They've certainly partnered with me and helping me now too. Mm. And I meant the education not the day yeah, yeah. oh yeah i knew what you meant sorry lisa yeah, yeah she's got Brett Sutton <laughs> uh, from last week she's still got that brett sutton card and she can't get him on the brain. but that's okay that's understandable um so thank you so much michelle for joining us and telling us all about yabba and these fabulous these fabulous initiatives that are going on and as we said before the uh, the Yabba Awards, uh, you, kids can now vote for them. So yes, what, what can right. parents send them to the website? Is that how it works, Michelle? Yeah, Yabba.org.au. Go to the website right right there on the um, screen. Vote yep. for your best book and, um, yeah, do it now before the 16th of October when it gets cut off at 5 o'clock. And uh, <laughs> the awards ceremony is on the 27th. And the invitations to authors and creators, if you're watching right now, is, is coming soon. Oh, fantastic. And once again, uh, the uh, the Yabba virtual author visits, the mega VIP sessions uh, coming in term four. So if you're a teacher librarian or, or a teacher or even a parent uh, and this you think this might be something that might be good for your school, um, yeah, either ha have a word to the right people at your school or head to yabba.org.au to uh, suss it out a bit further because um, 
we're going to be putting a lot of uh, a lot of work into these terrific sessions and i think the kids are really going to enjoy it so um really we good. hope that uh we hope that everyone gets on board and and checks them yeah. out because i think they're going to be great yeah i think they will thanks adrian Thank you, Michelle, for joining us. And uh, and it's always great when your name pops up. We love seeing your comments. So uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, good luck thank with the, the Yabba me. online ceremony, October 27th. Uh, as we said, all the details around everything Yabba is at yabba.org.au. See you later, Michelle. Bye, Bye, everyone. Have a lovely afternoon, evening, and happy reading. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Oh, Sally, you're going to put on a huge show, I've got a feeling, when we do the uh, the virtual author talks uh, later this, in, in the next few weeks, actually. I won't be eating chilies and I won't be drinking garlic uh, milkshakes, so <laughs> I'm going to have to come up with something else, obviously. <laughs> I'm sure we can workshop something. We'll work something out. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, the Yabba's, the Yabba's is fantastic. It's been terrific to be involved with them this year. And uh, these these uh, excellent additional 10 uh, virtual author um, presentations will be terrific and it'd be great for all those kids. They may be in school, they may not be. We just don't know yet, but uh, they'll be able to have access to them no matter what. And as we said, tomorrow we've got Tim, we're starting off the recordings with Tim Harris, Felice Arena and Amy Kaufman, but we've got a whole bunch still to come. So we're very excited. All right, uh, it's time, the, the time of the show that uh, we've all been waiting for very patiently. It's time for, uh, well, this, our special guest. Yes, and our special guest has been hanging out down in Torquay, living the good life by the beach uh, after coming here from America many, many years ago. And she's been spending all her time when she hasn't been sort of, uh, you know, going out for a dip. She's been drawing and illustrating uh, to her heart's content. Please welcome Renee Tremel. Um, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> How you going, Renee? Oh, good, thanks. And did you are you are you close enough to the beach to get out there and have a bit of a swim uh, currently, or is it a bit too cool? Uh for me, the water's too cold, but I definitely get out and go walking on the beach. But I'll let this leave the swimming for the people with the thick wetsuits. Yeah, I think, I think that's very, very smart. Uh, we've been talking to a lot of authors and creators that have released books during lockdown, uh, particularly Melbourne-based and Victorian-based. And you ha uh, fit that category perfectly because Lisa's got uh, one of her favourite new books she was telling me before <laughs> in her hot little hands. What's that one called there, Lisa? It is Sherlock Bones and the Sea Creature Feature. Oh, the Sea Creature Feature. In <laughs> fact, that is the follow-up, I believe, to the first Sherlock Bones. And we've got a little uh, a little pick of them both here. So we've got Sherlock Bones and the Natural History Mystery. That was the first one. And as Lisa just said, the second one, Sherlock Bones and the Sea Creature Feature. And they are graphic novels. Um can you tell us a little bit about Sherlock Bones, Renee? Yes, they're mysteries set in a natural history museum. And um, I have a background as a scientist, so I find museums fascinating. So I try to kind of incorporate some real science into my story. So, um, yeah, I spend some time. The, the, the characters wander around the museum getting into trouble and trying to solve mysteries and creating, you know, creating havoc and learning a little bit along the way. So it's it's silly and fun, but still a little bit educational. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we like that. A little bit educational is good. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, Sally's a big fan of graphic novels and uh, with kids with visual literacy. I might just show some um, 
show some internals from Sherlock Holmes, if that's okay, Renee. What, yeah. what is it that you love about the graphic novel so much, Sal? I think um, I, uh, my younger son struggles to read. He's dyslexic. But one of the things that he would always find engaging were comics and graphic novels. And the great thing about graphic novels is that you can actually have really quite complex storylines. You can have really um, deep character development in the way that it's tricky to do across a novel for kids that struggle to um, have really high reading skills. And yep. so graphic novels are that perfect balance because they can get the level of what they want to be reading, which is sometimes beyond what they're able to do if it's a straight novel. And like you said, Renee, that there's there's so much complexity in them. And yours have scientific backgrounds that you can have ones that I know um, Gavin Tung has done one about the environment. So thematically, they can cover so many things, and um, they're just a perfect uh, leap between picture books and novels too, I think. And and obviously, with something like what you've done, it's for a younger audience, and so they they're just gorgeous. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Sally. That um, you're right. The the appeal of a graphic novel like this spans the ages. So um, we have year old mega fans of yours really who perhaps have grown up with um your board books and picture books but we also have independent 10 year olds who just um get so much out of the stories and i think that's a pretty phenomenal achievement as a, a creator to um, really speak to those different age levels and what's important to them and also kids it's not just read short bones once they reread and reread and reread. So, and every time they're interpreting something different. So, um, I think that's another, yet another feature um, of, of a graphic novel, that, that multimodal modal text. But also, what I wanted to say sorry, that's a, that was a statement. This is a question. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you've been very creative in managing to take Sherlock Bones on a tour of, of bookshops through lockdown. And I'll just share that at the Little Book Room, we've had a special celebration for pretty much every single one of Renee's books. Back to once I heard a little warm that, and it does, it, it is a little bit heartbreaking not to be able to launch this book as we but how did you come up with this creative idea of superimposing your characters into bookshops? It's just such a, a delight and thrill. Thank you. Sorry, Lisa, I couldn't hear your question very well at the end. <laughs> Where did, how did you come up with the idea of having your characters visit bookshops virtually? Well, usually I like to go around when I have a book come out in in do hands-on workshops at all the you know bookshops and do readings or drawing activities anything that you know just to engage with the kids and engage with bookshops and kind of add some value to to the book and um yeah they can't do that this year even though i mean we are a little bit less of restrictions down here in torquay but i still can't you know we can't have any events in the bookstores and you can't do anything so um yeah i wanted to find a way that i could still highlight you know, some of these bookstores and bookstores that I really wanted to go to. And 
have some fun at the same time by having my characters. You know, it was it was a lot of work, but it was so much fun trolling through everyone's social media and finding the right photos and trying to draw the characters in. Like I had a, I mean, it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now I wanted to ask you about Sherlock Bones. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I do. I want, I want to ask you about board books too. I know it's not all about Sherlock Bones, but is Sherlock Bones? Is he like a tawny frogmouth skeleton? Is that what he what he is? <laughs> Yes, he's a Tony Frogmouth skeleton on display at the museum. Right. Oh, okay. So uh, this that would explain the photos that we've got here. Of you, uh, are these are these Tony Frogmouth skeletons uh, that you're posing with in this photo here? Yes, and those are from the Queensland Museum. And unfortunately, they had to take the exhibit off of display for repairs. So I'm actually in someone's office when they they brought the display in for me to take some photos. Um, but they're gorgeous display. There's like 10 of them and they have these crazy poses and they're smiling and laughing. And they're, I mean, if you Google Tony Frogmouth skeletons, you'll see lots of other people love them too and have posted photos of them on their Instagram and Facebook. They're just gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're quite unique. <laughs> they're, they're fabulous. They make me laugh. Like I'm just going and just stare at them. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> An amazing right. idea for a character, and that's something that you just stumbled across, and that's what inspired the idea for your story. And um, I noticed that your technique that you use in graphic novels is quite different to what you use in picture books. Obviously, graphic novels is a lot of illustration, so I imagine that is something that you couldn't use such a laborious technique as you do for your picture books. Can you tell us the two different ways that you illustrate those series? Yeah, absolutely. Um, with Sherlock Bones. Um, you know, it is all black and white and it is, you know, these big chunks of, of gray and black. So I do that all um, in Photoshop. I do the drawings in pencil, but then I, I create all the final art on my computer with my drawing tablet. And it does speed up the process a lot. I mean, I, I couldn't wait for that much paint or ink to dry. Mm -hmm. And um, it would also be, you know, this book is 280 two pages long, I think. And I would have just stacks and stacks of paper um, that would then need to be sent off to the scanner and then cleaned up. So um, doing them digitally kind of cuts out that those middle steps for me. Yeah. And, and because it is so many drawings on each page, they don't have to be gorgeously detailed, like with a picture book where you want to have these big, glorious, detailed drawings. Um, and with the graphic novel, it's more about, for me, getting the information that's important in there. And, and I do have fun and I do try to make them pretty, but um, it is, yeah, it's, it's a different process. It's a very clear, cleaner kind of drawing, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. For a lot of the picture books, I either use Scratchboard or I do a software technique with my computer, but I can show you an actual Scratchboard. I brought one over from Bruno's Blue. Awesome. Awesome. And it's a it's a surface. So I buy these masonite boards that are coated with this um, soft white clay, and you can either paint on them or I use these just grayscale pens, and I color in into my grayscale with my black inks, and then I take a really sharp um, exacto blade and I just <gasps> little furbit. So I don't know how close I can get in there. I wasn't planning on a. So you, you literally cut into your artwork to create the, uh, th that effect. Yeah, but, you know, it creates these incredibly fine lines. Like I can take something that's really small and blow it up to A2 and it doesn't, it doesn't lose any quality. Wow. Um, it's really amazing. And it's a, it's, a, it's a fabulous technique. It's really fun. It's different too, which is something I like. Yeah. Um, and that's what I use for the picture books. I know some of the picture books I've, I've figured out how to create that 
digitally. So I've taught myself how to do the steps using different brushes on the computer so I can get the same effect, but without having 32 of these boards because they, <laughs> you know, that's a, <laughs> I'm trying to do the right thing by the environment. So I do, I do try to do things digitally when I can and when the quality comes out the same. It's very brave to take a knife to your artwork. I mean, if Sally <laughs> had got uh, Polly and Buster one, and then she thought, I just need a few extra strokes on old, old Buster here, I don't think she would have taken out a knife and given that a crack. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't quite work on paper the same way. Paper. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm really curious, because you are so well known to parents of babies and toddlers, and one of your books, included in the Victorian baby bundle that um, without movies. Um, are you finding that your graphic novel readership connects you and, and your board books or um, have they not quite made, made the leap, the link? I'm not sure if they've made the leap yet. I, I think this year would have been a great, like if I, I usually do a big design, the big design market or a finders keepers market, design market every year. And it, I usually bring some books and it's a great chance for me to talk to people. And it's, it's when I do find out how people find out about my books or what they're interested in, or I can introduce people who know my board books to Sherlock Bones and vice versa. Um, but, you know, last year, Sherlock Bones was pretty brand new and um, we're not doing that this year. So uh, no markets. So I don't know. I would really love to know, though. I haven't been able to connect with um, readers very well since this. Been, I think all of us authors are feeling this, especially in Victoria, that you're just feeling very disconnected and not not getting those conversations and, and just finding out what how people are, how connecting or not to the to the work. Mm. And yeah. yeah. Please, another question. Go, Liz. Sherlock Bones has made it to America. Um, how's that? It's very exciting. And I tell you, my family has been just pestered. I shouldn't say that in case they're listening. They have been asking for years for when are my books coming out in America. So finally, they're going to have um, have an American version of this book. <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations. A lot of the Australiana, they kept a lot of the, you know, I used some you know, kind of slang and, and um they didn't try to Americanize it or change any of the language. They left Sherlock Bones as an Australian character, which is really fun because I was a little worried they might they might be concerned about using blimey or mate. And but um, now they let it they let it all go, and they were really happy that he was Australian. And I think it's fabulous to have the Americans find out about our wildlife and our animals. And um, yeah, I think it's fabulous. And there's a nice connection with the character Grace, the raccoon I saw in the video that you have on your website, who's based on a friend of yours in America. Is that correct? It is. So she doesn't know it, but yes, it is. She knows <laughs> um, it now. <laughs> she should. She should. I'm surprised she hasn't figured it out. I'm sure she'll get a copy of the book and realize that some of the things seem pretty familiar. But um, yeah, this beautiful friend of mine, and she's very sassy, but just wonderful, big heart, but very Southern American, you know, like has that Southern accent and loves chocolate and just funny and silly and goofy and just all grace. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very funny. Now, obviously you're, um, uh, we've been talking about it, uh, you're ex-American and you've come over here to Australia and now you've seem to have written uh, a whole lot of books, which really do 
portray such terrific Australian characters. I, I wonder, were you taken immediately by Australian wildlife or what was the thinking behind embracing it? So like your first book was one very tight wombat. <laughs> so you went full on Australian from the word go. I like it, Renee. Uh, were you sort of inspired by the Australian wildlife? Absolutely. Uh, I fell in love with the wildlife. I, when I first moved here, I, I had memberships to all the local wildlife parks and I would go and just hang out and take pictures of the animals and draw them. And then when I had my son, you know, from when he was in the little baby Bjorn and I carried him around in front of me, I took him, you know, once or twice a week just to go and we would just walk around and look at animals. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just, they're amazing and they're so different. And I just have this fascination with marsupials in general, but then the birds are amazing. So I um, I can't get enough of Australian wildlife. And it's it's hard for me to want to do anything but Australian wildlife. So <laughs> uh, We like to hear that. We, we're big, big uh, fans of our own wildlife. That's very yeah. exciting. Uh, and um, you've kind of, uh, you know, we, you do find a lot of sheep uh, all over the world, but also in Australia. So we'll claim the sheep as well. Um, and this is the current, this is the current board book, 10 Sleepy Sheep. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that one too, Renee? Yes, this one is still very Australian. It's more set on like an Australian farm out in the bush. Yeah. So we have sheep and we might have some, you know, baby cats some baby cows. Um, I've got dairy cows in this book. Um, but just in other animals, but animals that you'd run into on the farm or that might be living in the environment around the farm out in the bush. Like we have kangaroos, we'd have koalas, we'd have some ducks. Um, and baby horses, perhaps, or foals. So, um, yeah, just trying to take a different approach to kind of bringing in the human landscape, I guess, with the wildlife as well. Yeah, yeah, terrific. Well, that's great. And I know that the the um, graphic novels are going through the roof. Lisa, you could probably attest to that. Uh, they're very popular. Uh, is there a huge market for these graphic novels and are kids just clambering for more and more and more? Astronomical. Definitely Australian graphic novels. Obviously, Sherlock Holmes is a bestseller in that part of us at the little book room. But also, um, uh, Gregory McKay's Anders series. Mm -hmm. I think that um, we've talked about Gavin on Cannes's book, The Super Sidekick. And Run and the Huge. Yeah. Like just even the, the, the Australians who are being backed by local publishers, I think yeah. it hopefully really paying, paying off for them and that the market is going to forward in this, um, in this area because, as you say, like, yeah, the, the appetite is... <laughs> That's good. That is good to know. So we hope that uh, that despite the lockdown, these terrific uh, new graphic novels from you, Renee, Sherlock Bones and the Sea Creature Feature, which is the most recent one, and the first one, Sherlock Bones and the Natural History Mystery, are reaching all those kids that love these graphic novels because they are terrific. And you don't often find a book where the lead character is a tawny frog, frog mouth skeleton. So I reckon that in itself is worth picking up and having a good look. So thank you so much for joining us, Renee. Oh, thank you so much for having me, guys. It was so great to see you all. Yeah, <laughs> best of luck with Sherlock Bones and 10 Sleepy Sheep. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> see you later. I love to sing Renee's board books and make up a little ditty because they all rhyme so beautifully. So you can oh, yeah. read them as a lullaby to a little baby or 
they work as really fabulous action rhymes. Obviously, you've got counting involved as well. They have a really lovely lifespan, right, from newborn to two-year-olds. And how lovely, and how lovely that you followed her career right from the beginning, that you launched her first book and you've been with her throughout the journey. It's, that's just part of what this lovely community is, isn't it? It's really special and very precious. Yeah, that's terrific. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our uh, of our episode tonight. So we should remind everyone about our very special uh, final episode for season twenty twenty of the Kid Lit Club, which is coming up next week. Unless, of course, we do a very special Christmas episode, and the jur jury's out as to whether we do that or not. Um, but Sal likes to dress up as Santa and run around, and uh, so you never know what might happen. But we can't promise anything at this stage. Book Santa would love to be involved. I can Book speak. Santa. Yep, let's yeah, we'll, we'll nominate Book Santa. <laughs> but for the time being, we can guarantee that this is the way that we will finish off our, our standard season, and that is not Wednesday night, but Saturday, the October the 3rd. We're moving our day and time next week because we're finishing off the season with a special Love Your Bookshop Day takeover where it's going to be myself, Elisa, and Sally, and we're going to be crossing to a bunch of different authors all around the country with their favourite booksellers in their favourite bookshops, uh, which is going to be very exciting. Plus, we've got a mega story time kicked off by uh, Josh Pike himself, and we're going to ask everyone why, everyone who's getting involved, why they love their bookshop, and we'd love to hear from everyone who's who's going to be watching. And that is not next Wednesday, but the Saturday morning at 11 a.m. And as we also said, um, we've got that mega story time. So if kids want to uh, check it out, then they're more than welcome to because there'll be a lot of fun. We've got some wacky authors that we're crossing to that it will no doubt be quite funny, I would imagine, and, and get up to all sorts of mischief. Who are you looking forward to seeing the antics of? Uh, Nat oh. Aimrod, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you haven't seen it yet, everybody has to look up her tribute to the Little Book Room um, that she has done to Nothing Compared to You. If you haven't seen it yet, Google it. It is probably the best thing that's on the, in the internet this year. So good. It was enormously uplifting to receive that Instagram message on a Friday night. And Nat did it just to encourage us. She didn't do it to, to make a fuss. I had to really beg her to be able to share because it just brought us so much joy. Mm. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. Oh, what a She's very, very talented with her um, terrific uh, acting, video skills, everything really, obviously writing as well. So can't wait to see what she gets up to in our Love Your Bookshop Day special. That'll be very exciting. Uh, obviously, we've got a few others as well. Mick Elliott, Remy Lai, Adam C.C., James Foley, Leanne Tanner, Oliver Pomavan, Josh Pike, and a few surprises as well. So you, you want to uh, tune in to find out what's going on there. But that'll be Saturday, October 3rd, Love Your Bookshop Day. But until then, uh, we must depart. Sally, uh, what are you going to be up to until then? Are you going to be uh, hard at work writing? Absolutely. I'm, um, I'm locked down and so I'm going to use this time to get as much writing done as possible because I can tell you what, when we're allowed out again, I'm probably going to find it very hard to be at my desk again. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa, you'll be working hard as always. Yes, of course. We're up to about 189 days of hand-delivering books in, well, in our car. Straight. Well done. That's a yeah. phenomenal effort. And uh, our Christmas releases are, like, coming next week. 
There's a lot to look forward to. A lot. There is. Fantastic. So All right, well, we will, next time we see Lisa, she'll actually be coming to us from the little book room for Love Your Bookshop Day. But until then, we have to say goodbye. And, uh, yeah, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Kid Lit Club. And we'll see you on October 3rd for a Love Your Bookshop Day special. Good night, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.